0: All right, we are two days away from the NFC Championship in Philadelphia. What is it, like 58 hours till kickoff Give here at take. 6 a.m. on Friday morning? Close enough? Let's say that, yeah. Uh, Kyle and Russ coming at you this morning. Uh, I, uh, How are you feeling about the game as of right now, as of this very specific moment? I feel
1: the same way I felt all week. I think I think it's a good matchup um reading some of the quotes yesterday it sounds like everybody believes that fault or that not fault that foals is on top of his game and that he's as confident as he's ever been and we talked about mental games and everything i think this week or last week and there is something to be said for your quarterback going into the first nfc championship game since what 2008 uh riding an emotional and a mental high this is good
0: well all we got to hear about is uh case Keenum and what a high he's been on and how he's not navel gazing after his big throw that really was really just bailed out by bad defense and Stefan Diggs incredible catch and run and all that um, Keenum was not particularly good against the Saints but uh, I, I'm not I felt better I actually feel better about this game at this point in the week than I did about the Falcons Um, I think the problem with the Falcons game is we truly had no idea what to expect of the Eagles. None. It had been a month since they had played meaningful football. The two meaningful football games they played without Carson Wentz were were downright concerning. And that to me was more worrisome than going into a Vikings game where now we know what we have. I am 100% sold on the defense the way they played against the raiders, the little bit we saw against the cowboys with who by the way had zeke in that final game for, you know, however many carries he actually wound up getting. And then against the falcons. Uh another home game against Minnesota. Their offense is really no better than um, maybe a little better than those previous three teams, but it's not like leaps and bounds better. I'm fully confident in the defense and I thought we saw to see I thought we saw a little momentum from falls, which was the important thing we saw him starting to starting to get into a rhythm and manage the game effectively. And that's the thing that everyone wanted him to do the minute Wentz went out. And, yeah, he played great against the Giants, and he was able to punch it in. But those next two games, it was like he had trouble even doing that. And his first few throws against the Falcons were a little bit scary. And then he settled in, and there's a rhythm there. And I think Doug Peterson, it, if the one thing we've learned about him, if there's one thing in two years— is that he is able to to effect, to take uh, capable players and put them in positions to succeed, and I think um, if Foles is even just mediocre, that is enough for the Eagles to to put themselves in a position to win the game in what's I think is going to be a very low scoring game. So I'm I'm actually feeling good about this. The national the national perspective, like Kevin had a post yesterday poking fun at the NFL Network. It was uh, our own local Colleen Wolf who was the, the staunch Eagles defender. It was Maurice Jones-Drew and one other person, I forget who, uh, picking who had the edge in like five different categories. They picked the Vikings for every one, which is patently absurd, including the pass rush, which is just wrong. That was insane. Pass and defense coaching. and
1: even, even rushing offense.
0: Yes, like, yeah. The, it was, McKinnon... It was, it and, was nutty. It, you're right. They picked... I, I, they picked the rushing offense on the strength of the fact that the Vikings just do it a lot. The reason they do it a lot is because they don't want to overexpose Case Keenum. So they're, they they rush, uh, rush and have time of possession up amongst the league leaders, yet their yards per attempt is under 4, 3.9, which is uh, bottom 10 in the league. So they're not particularly good at rushing the ball, and that's with... Dalvin Cook in there for part of the season. They're not particularly good at rushing the ball. They just do it a lot. So to me that doesn't give you the edge. And then the coaching thing is total bullshit. Like uh, credit to Zimmer done a good job. There's no way there's been a better coach in the league this year, especially between two of those guys. There's no way anyone's been better than Doug Peterson like and to, to just to just gloss right over him. Of course you have your Nick Wright to the world and all these people. I don't feel like the world oh, is against God. the Eagles. I think some of the Sharps are probably going to wind up on the Eagles. Um, but it does feel like I'm getting a lot of Vikings love this week. And from just some anecdotal, subjective stuff on Twitter, um, you know, like listening to people reading stuff, Minnesota seems very worried about this game. And the national media is just heaping this praise on the Vikings. It's destiny, like bullshit with the destiny. You want to talk about a team that has destiny. Talk about the Eagles losing Darren Sproles, losing Jason Peters, losing Carson Wentz. Everything that has happened this season has just continued to like no matter what adversity they face, they've just continued to come out and impress week after week and do things and have things happen to them that is improbable and unlikely for this team. Like if you want to talk about the whatever bullshit notion of like destiny there is, like Give me a break on the Vikings. They they should have they blew a seventeen point lead at home or whatever it wound up being, um, and almost lost that game in front of their home crowd. I like I'll take the Eagles on the destiny thing. Thank you very much. You're really fired up.
1: This is good. Um, I I am because I the the national media perspective. So first of all, the rushing this that video that had Colleen Wolf in it had me so angry because I was like there's no way that Minnesota has a better rushing attack and if you look just basic statistics, the Eagles were third in the league in rushing this year. Minnesota was seventh and even in the postseason the Eagles uh, currently are are uh, averaging more yards uh, more total yards rushing per game than Minnesota is Pass rush I don't know like the the pass rush itself is definitely is definitely Philly but the passing defense as a whole, has been a little bit more impressive with uh with Minnesota. They've allowed less yards per game. Doesn't matter. I spent a good chunk of yesterday watching the FS1 clips on their website because they don't have written word anymore. Which and part so about
0: Minnesota did you say was better?
1: The um the yards per per game allowed in the postseason.
0: Uh, after one game. Yeah. Okay. Well,
1: I'm just saying, like they sample they allowed size. they allowed yes less. Um, here's the bigger issue. Watching the FS1 clips yesterday, so I was watching uh, stuff from the Herd, Undisputed, uh, Speak for Yourself, and God, first things so and first things shows. and first things first. Jesus so Christ. first things first, right? That's the one that has Nick Wright, where Nick Wright um, likes to take his contrarian take. He's trying to be Skip Bayless, I guess, but he's not talented. I mean, Skip's really not either, but whatever. Nick Wright, uh, I would mean, actually. A- say
0: that nick wright seems talented like he's does able he? to do his point he he's he his face together, is so he, punchable though he like can it, put
1: together a decent point and then I i actually typically enjoy it when chris carter just kind of tells him why it's an absolutely stupid premise but like the numbers might line up i don't know i guess i see myself in nick wright sometimes and i don't like myself sometimes when i when i listen fair. back so that's i guess fair. it's fair nick wright has a much more
0: punchable face
1: though he, he certainly does um Colin Coward and Jason Whitlock their show yesterday I think was yesterday was was where the clips were from um just talking about how the the Eagles team you know continues to think that they are being under underrated and they're underdogs and and like they both essentially just ruled out Philly altogether. and uh Seth Joyner I think was on at one point he's like keep giving us the underdog thing like the because they they were saying like the team is going to get distracted by it, and do they really buy in? And Joiner's like, well, yeah, they've they've been posting it all around the locker room. They've been posting it all around Novacare that they're underdogs again at home. So yes, like they are using that as a motivational tactic, and it's worked in the past. And I think even Mark Schlereth said that that he had gone into two Super Bowls that I or not it might not have been Super Bowls It was uh, playoff games at least where they had been underdogs and they'd come out and won. So there there are definitely things that that I found just. I don't know perplexing to say the least like any of the shows that you would watch on FS1 they all just you know it, it just came around again to Minnesota is not this juggernaut like they kept saying that Minnesota is the best team in football which I think you could
0: they might make be. A, you can, you they can might make be. a
1: case that they might be the most complete team right now but they might not be the best. You know, you can have a good offense and a, and a a really good defense and be, like, a decent team. It doesn't mean that you're the best. Like, I would still say the Patriots are the best team in the playoffs, right? Like, I mean, I, I'm not going to pick against a Tom Brady or Bill Belichick-led team unless the Giants are their opponent in the Super Bowl. So, I don't know. I, I just find the disrespect that's coming from the national media to to be something like, like, they should have learned a little bit of something. One of the things that I, I'm, I think, looking the most forward to is seeing how the the Eagles and Doug Peterson are able to get them are able to get Foles in positions early to build confidence. Well, I think we saw it in the last game. A lot of rushes, and then a lot of the initial throws uh, were just you know some short timing things. Um, I I'm hoping that they are able to get him to get into that second half groove he had, and the whole thing was predicated around him being able to step up in the pocket and complete passes across the middle to his receivers. He did complete a few out routes, um a couple to Alshon and a couple to Torrey Smith. And, you know, that that was kind of what set them up for some of those big plays that that uh one that really stands out is the one that went to Tory on the right side of the field to the uh, to get out of bounds to make it, you know, a field goal set up to get it to 10-9 half.
0: Yeah.
1: I- he's a totally different quarterback when he gets a step up. Now, if Minnesota's pass rush, you know, causes massive disruption and he's not feeling it in the pocket, or Tory Smith drops a ball going across the middle. That's where I start to get worried because I, I do, you know, I, 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 don't know if I worry as much about Minnesota's offense as I did conceptually about them throwing jump balls to Julio Jones uh, as Atlanta did. But they, are, they do have two really good receivers on the outside. Um, I think at some point Case Keenum will make them pay with with a touchdown. Just hopefully, it won't come at the most inopportune time.
0: See, I yeah, I think you sort of talked yourself right into to my uh, to my lane on this game, which is, I, I I'm not even that worried about the offense because I, I don't think <laughs> sounds weird. I don't think it matters. Um, the the Eagles are not scoring a lot of points. They're just not like the regardless of how good they are, um, meaning you know regardless of how well they play relative to what they can do. I just don't see this offense scoring a lot of points. They've lost too many of their pieces. They lost their best lineman. They, I mean, you know, you could say they lost their most dynamic player in Sproles. That I feels like forever.
1: The, Peters isn't the best lineman.
0: Well, okay. Well, he's the blindside guy. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Is he as he's, important to the he's run game? He's effective
1: player. He's a Hall of Fame player, but he's not he, playing at a Hall of Fame level.
0: Well, wasn't yeah, but I mean, he, he's, he was still better than what they had. But um, Vitae sure. has done a terrific job. No, no doubt about it. Um But is he as important as Kelsey in the run game getting out? No, probably not. Is he as important as Lane Johnson and uh, Brooks on the right? No. Um, You know, in tandem. In tandem. You know, there's a lot of strength from the center over to the right. Um, You know, you could argue they lost their most dynamic player in Sproles. That feels like forever ago. Obviously, there's Carson Wentz. Point is, I just think the ceiling for this offense is so low, regardless of who they're playing. Um, So to me, like it doesn't even matter because i'm just banking on them not scoring more than 14 points and if they're playing the vikings they're probably not scoring more than 14 points so it's it's going to come down to what they could do defensively stopping the vikings who have a you know a decent a, a, a decent but i think an offense that's been playing over their heads for a lot of the season and that's that's where i feel the best about this game like you know the eagles they can win this game with 10 or 14 points, and that's what they're going to have to do. And I spent a lot of time on Tuesday uh, or Wednesday, whatever it was, watching Case Keenum. Well, I watched every throw from the Saints game and watched a bunch of other video on him. And my read on him from just watching the Vikings casually this year was he, uh, he doesn't have a great arm. He's lucked out a lot. Thielen and Diggs had had really terrific seasons. Uh, really impressive. Both guys, you know, uh, arguable coming out type party seasons. Um, I always felt that he was playing over his head. Mike Zimmer said he had a, had a horseshoe. He had a lucky horseshoe. He didn't say it was up his ass the way Adam said, but I do prefer that version of the quote. And he just doesn't throw a good ball. Like, And I wrote the post, um, Case Keenum Floaty Balls, and it's like everything he throws, and we said this on Wednesday, it just hangs in the air a split second too long. And he wasn't that bad under pressure. Everyone wants he was terrible under pressure against the Saints with a quarterback rating of five, and he was over a hundred when he was not under pressure. Um, and that was really the difference in that game. Um, but the rest of the season, he was like top seven. As a pressured quarterback with a QB rating in the 70s, and he was also pressured on on about a third of his dropbacks, which is among the league leaders, and he rarely took sacks. He was second in the league, getting sacked only 10 percent of pressures. So, what does that tell you about his game? It tells you he's under pressure a lot, uh, and he's able to avoid taking the big loss or throwing the devastating interception as you saw in the saints game what he likes to he does not he he first and foremost does not want to take a sack and he will occasionally just toss the ball up to get it out of there and rely on digs or thielen to go make a play and that's great and i'm definitely worried about one of those instances and uh, safety coming in and missing a tackle like it happened against the saints and boom you have your joe Jaravicious play uh on the flip side I, you know, I, he's going to face more pressure and a better front than he's faced all season in the Eagles. And to me, I feel like the difference in this game winds up being, winds up being him throwing a pick. So I'm not as worried about what the Eagles can do on offense because I, I honestly think it's going to come down to what their defense can do against the Vikings because you, you're going to have a low-scoring game regardless. Well, a big part of this, too, if you
1: look at Keenum's stats from the season, is he's only had two games where he's thrown two interceptions. Uh, it was against Washington... And, won and one of which car- and was, won at and one at Carolina,
0: which was one of his two games under forty degrees, which yep. it might not and, even be on Sunday. And <laughs> interestingly enough, like
1: in terms of trying to make him into some kind of an inaccurate passer, he's only gone uh, under sixty percent passing three times: his first game against Pittsburgh, that Detroit game again, and then at Green Bay. Uh, I think that one that one was a, a
0: ridiculously cold game. I think he gets um, this, and he, we'll I will turn it over. Uh, to Adam here who's joining us uh yo
2: you talk about my guy Case Keenum
0: so I want to get your take on this um we're talking about we're talking about Keenum and what Rush just said you know his his completion second in the league in completion percentage I think he was 67 percent which is really high but he's not really a dink and dunk guy I mean his, his QB rating is above average most places in the field up to 20 yard passes Anything over 20 yards, he's average or below. Um, so he's not really airing it out, but it's not like he's, he's totally just managing the game. He can throw, He's thrown the ball a little bit this season with some success. So I want to get your read because as we talked about on Wednesday and I think I wrote about later in today, I, I really do think it comes down to the Eagles defense getting pressure on Keenum, forcing him to try and make, try and make the tough throw um, that he's relied on for a good chunk of the season.
2: The Vikings offense it's
0: hit your mic a little.
2: If you can What's up? Can you hear me okay?
0: Yeah, it just needs to be a little louder.
2: All right, let me I'll do it as I go. Um the Vikings offense, it's it's honestly Pat Shermer has actually taken his West Coast offense and he's really added a lot of really good uh vertical elements to it. Let me see. Input. I'll make it. How's different. that? How's that? How's that? Uh, that, yeah, that yeah, Right there. Right there. Okay. Um,
0: start up. Uh, down a little and then start over. I'll cut this this 30 second thing out. Uh, i got to do that again.
2: So a little bit lower, you
1: said? No, you're good.
0: Okay. That's this is okay? That's good. Uh, right. Down a little. Down a little, actually.
1: Damn.
0: Hold on.
2: Okay. How's that? Is that better?
1: Up one. (laughs) Find a happy medium.
2: Okay. All right, here we are. Um, So Shermer's offense is this actually, this is the reason he's getting, looks like to be the New York Giants job, is his offense has turned into a beautiful mix of all the places he's been and all the people he's coached for. So traditionally a West Coast guy, all the vertical, the horizontal across the middle stuff, you have that, you know, you're going to, we're going to see a lot of slants. We're going to see a lot of crosses, you know, we're going to see the occasional screen, but he really does take a lot of shots and case with his quote, big balls, uh, is a quarterback that's willing to take those shots. There's not really a lot of quarterbacks that are going to be above average deep. It's just, it's rare. You know, Ben Roethlisberger is above average deep. Keenum is, is you know, right
0: along average with all that. Well, but this, yeah, but he's, he's comparing to th- him to league averages. It's not right. comparing.
2: Yeah, but what I'm saying is, is so there's a lot of quarterbacks deal. that aren't even willing to throw those balls. And Case's willingness to take those shots to Thielen Diggs, which we've seen all year, opens up the run uh keen on what you were saying about his scrambling his ability to move in the pocket has been phenomenal all season uh he he was like that he was one of the top guys in terms of elusive quarterbacks to the rush or something like that this season and that will be something that will be frustrating on sunday that hopefully they can use some tape he is nowhere near the mobility of russell wilson I'm just saying that let's do a little bit of a mush rush so we're not over-pursuing and missing the quarterback, which was like the theme of the Seattle game. Keetum will keep plays alive. The question is, is after watching that interception uh, to the guy that ended up not making the tackle uh, on Seattle, the the safety, um, where he just lobbed it up, What will the coaches be telling him what will he will he be able to dial it back and then also because it's going to be outdoors and colder will it be a little bit more reserved in the game plan that's the thing too is how are they planning to attack the Eagles. How is Shermer planning to attack a team that he coached? He knows Fletcher Cox. he knows all these guys. Everybody wants to double move the Eagles. They're all looking for the time where Jim Schwartz blitzes and they want to take advantage of it. Can they dial it up and do it? But yeah, I, I you know, can the Eagles make them one-dimensional? you know are they going to be able to shut down an outside run? Uh, Look, they're going to watch Atlanta, and they're going to see how they went to the sides with Tevin Coleman and had some success. Uh, I'm more worried about Jerick McKinnon than I am about Latavius Murray. So can the Eagles make them one-dimensional, and then can they get us to bite on some double moves uh, with their very fast
0: wide receivers? But.
2: Yeah, I think that's it. Do you it. think that's, either
0: of those running backs are really that good? I think
2: McKinnon. I I think that they are good complements to each other. I think that Murray. I if I had Latavius Murray, I would use him a little bit like Legarrette Blunt. I think he's better in the second half when he feels strong and everyone else kind of feels tired. And Jarek McKinnon is somebody that. Uh, You know, we're used to him now, but when he was in the draft was this small school freak of nature, like blew up everything at the Combine. And he's just the kind of guy that has quicks, has speeds, but he's never going to be, you know, he'll never be a Jay Ajayi, but they're a good complement to each other. And then, shit, man, next year they're going to have Dalvin Cook back, but... For now, those two, I think, are, you know, they're good pieces. And when you combine them with Rudolph and Thielen and Diggs and Jarius Wright, you know, you got a good five to six, you know, weapons that Thielen and Diggs are legitimate options. Rudolph is a legitimate option. And those two together make an option. So to me, it's like four and a half.
0: That's reasonable. That's reasonable.
2: But, you know, it's it's will the Eagles run the ball downhill? Can they exude their power? Can they take advantage of the insane snap counts of the Vikings defensive line? Uh, I I did that the other day, looking at the snap counts of defensive linemen, and that's one of the most incredible things about what the Eagles have done this year, is that like Fletcher Cox leads the team with like 54% of the snaps. And then you you look at other teams in the NFL, and. I mean, Everson Griffin's damn near 80% of the snaps for the whole season. And that doesn't even include that he was over 90%. So, you know, the, the Vikings have three guys on their D-line that are playing a rat over 75% of the snaps for the season. The Eagles don't have any that are over 60. And the, the thing with the Vikings is they have no depth behind it. So that's why if you see in this game... The Eagles are able to put together early eight, nine played drives. Just to remember in the back of your head, oh man, they're not going to be able to get pressure on us late. It's the theme of the Vikings. First half of the year, they had 26 sacks. Second half of the year, they had 13. Look at Everson Griffin. Everson Griffin was killing it at the beginning of the year. He had like eleven sacks in ten games. Didn't finish with much more than that, and was a complete non-factor in the second half against the Saints. It's part of the reason why Drew Brees was dialing it up because he had time. So, if the the Eagles can put together some early long drives, we're going to tire out their D line, and Nick is going to have time but they need to sustain drives. That's just something I'm looking for when the Eagles are on offense early.
0: What are both of your, uh, what are your, both of your game-watching situations on Sunday? Start with Russ. Sitting at home. Do you have any like sort of superstition? Any
1: food? If I sit in this, uh, there's one chair in our living room, and the one game that I sat there and watched the game, Carson Wentz died. So, I will not wow. be sitting in that chair,
2: yeah, fuck uh, that chair, bro. You should I have I actually I burn have, it. yeah. I have a
1: really bad feeling um that my two year old is gonna be insane, so it's probably gonna be paw patrol on the tablet for him and uh an eagles game for the rest of us. I, don't, I think we're I, all uh, is, there, I think a, we're, is
2: there a legal friendly, good parent way to completely sedate your children for a football game? paw patrol? Game?
1: Yep, yeah. Pop, Pop I wasn't a sure up. if
2: there was like a, a way, like, hey, let's wake him up at like three in the morning, tell him that it's like some form of lunar eclipse, like really energize this kid, get him so tired that he passes out for the
1: game. Well, you know what? Actually, thinking about it, the game's at what six thirty. Yeah, yeah he'll be he'll late. be getting ready for bed. He'll watch the first quarter and, and go to sleep. So that's actually oh, that's actually perfect scenario. I'm just praying that you don't get. I don't want to go to sleep. I get that every night. At some point, he just has to. <laughs> You just give in.
0: So it'll it, be Yeah, I mean, it'll that's be pretty fine. much, that's just a default state for what kids. What do you mean? I don't oh, want to Oh, they never want to go to sleep. Yeah, oh, no. Yeah.
1: Like when we were doing the shirts on, what day was that, Kyle?
0: Uh, was that Wednesday? Uh, Wednesday, yeah. Wednesday. Russ packed a lot of shirt. Russ is a, a shirt-packing machine, by the way. Shirt-packing fool. shirt fool. Uh, I just imagine, say, I ama- it was, it was well, good. I
2: imagine two things. My first question is, at what age do you stop saying, I don't want to go to sleep, and start going, I just want to go to sleep?
1: College, I, after you have kids. I was going to say,
2: it's definitely after college, because college, you're still like, well, like let's stay up until the morning. Right, and when you come home, f-
0: the first time you want to go to sleep, when you come home for breaks over Ooh. college. And That's all true. you all you want to do is like sleep at your parents house because, yeah, you know, see, you're sleeping in a real bed with real heat. You know, but I would argue a I
2: would argue like, OK, so Christmas break, you have that big night out and then but you want to keep sleeping in the morning. You know what right. I mean? Like, you don't right. I'm saying, when is it I just don't even want to go out? I just want to go to sleep.
0: Yeah, Probably we have kids.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah, It's right after kids. Uh, yeah, I would yeah.
2: say for me, it was like three days ago, as you could tell <laughs> by my. <laughs> Congratulations. What's <laughs> the baby's name? Uh, it's going to be Adamina. Uh, wow. A, you know, good play off of, you know, a traditional name. Not Adamantium.
0: Uh, <laughs> Spe- speaking of, uh, um, well, I don't know. That sounds like then, an
2: Italian oh, name. Damn, I forgot what the other thing I was going to say. Oh, hold
0: it. Hold it. We'll, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll hold thank that. our friends over at uh, Carlino's. 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 Look, Adamina's. Uh, Two weeks away from the big game, Uh, as those of you who've been listening to the show know, their game day menu is absolutely um, terrific. If you were at our live show, you know this firsthand. If you've never been there, uh, seriously take our words for it. I'm not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bullshit you on fine Italian uh, sports eating foods. Uh, They have dips, strombolis, wings, tomato pie, Uh, you name it, they got it. Uh, really good stuff like the perfect sort of sitting around watching football and eating food because you could just keep eating it until you want to fall asleep uh, none of it it's not like a, an over you're not eating an overly filling cheesesteak where the five minutes later you don't want to eat again you could just keep pounding this stuff for all four quarters consider it your session food um, that's not their talking points that's just my spin on it but seriously check out carlino's game day menu located in ardmore and in westchester um just go, just you know google them um if you're in either of those areas you're probably familiar with exactly where they're located uh please check them out you can call them mention crossing broad you get 10% off a game day menu um it's not available all season it's only available through the big game but they do have um an excellent selection of dips and wings and and all that stuff available um you know throughout the course of the year and obviously there's tomato pie. So thanks to them for sponsoring being friends of the show and uh, providing us with great food. Uh if if the Eagles are in the uh Super Bowl here whether they're or someone else we will be looking to get a few live shows over the next couple of weeks so stay tuned for that. Uh and also as always thank you to our friends at Amerigas, the nation's number one propane provider available at over 55,000 locations. The only, the only, the only yeah only not even number provider one of propane the, the only, only one
1: literally the only place that you can get propane is at amerigas
0: they Damn. have picked a winner for the contest for the 500 contest they have notified this winner and as of yesterday this winner had not responded <gasps> um i Do don't have-, have the win winner's name amerigas does this very officially like i've We've done contests in the past, and you know, I just we, we've used it. There's a randomizer on the internet where you could plug in a bunch of Twitter handles or, or email addresses people applied, and press a button, and it will scroll through and give you a winner. We've always tried to do it, you know, on the up and up, and do it that way. But Amerigas takes it to another level. They have like, you know, full on legalese contest rules. They pick the winner. I'm not aware of the winner. I know they notified them, and they're giving them five days to respond. So. If you so if check you your
2: DMs,
0: check your DMs, check your email. I would check your email address and look through spam. If Amerigas came in and spam, someone has won. It's this is like the lottery. No one has claimed the prize. Ooh. If they don't by today, I think we're gonna redraw. The last uh, golden I'm worried because I
1: think both of my parents put in for it. And Tell it them, them to just, check their email. It could just as easily be sitting. They always forget their
0: passwords. Pretty it's sure bad. your parents are ineligible, by the way. Pretty, sh- pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, but I'll uh, tell you
2: what. De- I'm definitely rooting for them. I'm totally rooting for uh, the the Papa and Mama Joy having a monster fucking spread. Oh man, what an image! What a happy people.
0: So uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. How, I don't know if someone with the last name Joy is eligible, Russ. I would read those Legalese contest rules. Uh, um, I, can't. I do look. F- <laughs> I do look forward to the strife should a Julian family member win, and then we have to uh, God, we have to we have to bring it. a lawyer in here. We have to bring Phil on to see if Russ is actually. But Ameregas,
2: thank you, Amerigas. Thank you, you guys are dope.
0: Thank you for your uh,
2: the other thing that I forgot. I was because I wanted to say was when I thought about you guys packing shirts on Wednesday, uh, I imagined like either like a fort like a nineteen forties thing where like Russ's hands are going so fast and Kyle's like faster, faster, faster. Or I imagined a relationship where Kyle is, or Russ is Henry Rowengardner, and Kyle is the uh, the guy that comes along and dates Henry's mom, and then like takes him to the Cubs, and is just like, take take this child, and then like abuses him and overworks him. That's, That's kind awful. of what I was thinking. I
0: don't I don't, have, I don't so think like there's that, any Russ?
2: way that Russ knows who Henry Rowan Gardner is. Nope. You oh, never seen you oh never seen Rookie of the God. Year. Yeah. Okay, that's Henry Rowan Card. Oh, okay. What happens in Rookie of the Year? What's the plot?
1: Is Rookie of the Year the one with the kid that has, like, the weird arm, or is yep. that. Yeah, okay. I, I, thought, over you were, I thought you were going to say Angels. Yeah, and I don't, I was I don't like. Get really nope, upset. I don't like that movie. Angels in the Outfield is exponentially better. And like Why don't Little you PJ, like that movie? I don't like that I just, movie. I just don't like it. But what about it? What?
0: I just yeah. don't like
1: it, okay? Jeez. What?
2: What? I don't know. I, I just spent half my childhood trying to fall over baseballs to get a super-powered arm, and here you are saying you just don't like it, so I don't I just, know. I just don't like it.
1: Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I have to... That? I have That's to, uh, why he doesn't I, like it. Wait, Russ, what were we going to say about packing shirts? Oh, I don't know. I was going to say about how your your son was up. And it was like seven seven thirty or something like that. And he was like running around like he's got all the energy in the world, like my two year old does. And it was just like, This is this is how the world works. This is why all you want to do is go to sleep. You want them to go to sleep. And at some point you go, like, you don't even have to sleep, just lay in bed and go to like just just lay here quietly. Just to anyway. exist in this space. So Russ, you'll be in a different chair. Yep. I'll be sitting on the couch. Couch, probably some queso. What Ready will you be go. wearing? Uh I will be wearing my underdog shirt. Nice. Ooh.
0: Nice. Well done. Nice. Well done.
1: I have nice. to get going, so it is time for an exciting and a fast-paced one-minute edition of Worldwide join Us side Wait, we I'm need changing. your pick. I'm we change. need your pick. I'll come back to it.
0: Okay. okay. Go ahead, Russ. All
1: right, one minute starts now.
0: 60 seconds. Things
1: that happened in Philadelphia sports yesterday outside of the Eagles game. Joel Embiid is the first all-star yes. starter for the Philadelphia 76ers since I think 2010 or 2008 as a starter since Alan Iverson. He's the first all-star selection since guys. Uh, yeah, hard Drew hard holiday. Nice job. Wow. Um, also yesterday, Eric Lindros had his number 88 raised into the Raptors at Salute. Wells Fargo center. Um, they were getting smoked the entire game Whoa. and then they put on a late comeback and Sean Gator. Well, Nolan Patrick scored a goal, which is like a, a miracle yeah. Wayne Simmons scored the second and went to overtime Sean Couturier had the game winner wow in overtime on Lindros night on Lindros night that's so they came awesome. back and won um so those are two other stories um oh and Joel Embiid turned down Rihanna on national television that was fantastic he said why stick with that one on to the next that's worldwide join aside pick for this week Eagles um I feel good about it it doesn't mean I think they'll win I've picked against them like the last few weeks. Do I have to pick against them? No, I'm going to go with my heart. I'll go with uh, my heart.
0: Actual score I need. Eagles
1: score. Eagles are going to win 20 to 17. Okay. 20 to 17. 20. I, think it's, I think there's a decent chance that the Eagles do get up. I think they, they hold a lead for a good chunk of the second half and then a double move by... Uh, either Thielen or by Diggs leaves Jalen Mills in the dust, and we start to get nervous. And that gets to like, I don't know, twenty or like what, seventeen to fourteen or something like that. And a Jake Elliott field goal kind of seals the deal, and that gives everybody in Slack the ability to rub it in Phil Kittle's face, who still thinks that Jake Elliott is not a reliable kicker, um, which is up there as his worst take, along with saying that T.J. McConnell belongs in the G League. So. With that, I bid you adieu, and hopefully on Monday we'll be recapping. Uh, Just remember, I know it's going to be an emotional day. If the Eagles were to lose, which we hope, obviously, they don't, think of the positives. Uh, I will not be a morbidly uh, or or, uh, just woefully sad person on Monday. Emotionally, it'll be a little bit devastating, but it's been a great season. Hopefully, the guys go out and... uh, And embrace what the the city's putting out for them. Being a little fatalistic here, I can't. No, I'm just saying. No, I'm just. I'm saying. Like, I I really do hope that people uh, go into it. And like I said, go at the live show going into last week. If you go to this game, don't you dare be silent. It is not acceptable. It's home field advantage. You cannot be apathetic. You have to make. Uh, oh, Minnesota feel absolutely baby. useless no I felt really good though because I said it and then the fans really were like all-time loud at Rod's the game taking credit for Eagles fans being like <laughs> absolutely yeah I mean that's that's totally what this is that's you know funny. I'm not like Orlando Scandrick who said that Eagles fans are front runners because he's an idiot anyway have a great rest of your day guys take it away Eagles talk how do you spell it oh, is it e-a-g-l-e-s Eagles there it is
0: mm. thank you much better than Governor Tom Wolf did it at some sort of thing in a Wawa or something. Did you see we'll the video it? of this? No. Tom Wolf and somebody, I, I don't know, they were doing some sort of presentation, uh, some sort of press conference at some sort of store. Um, and the guy he was with said, well, you know, we should end this with an Eagles chant. And you got to watch it. But he's like, E! And then everyone behind him says, A! And he said, no, when I say E, you say E. Oh, fucking motherfuckers. And just... It, they re- they misspelled it. It was just it was just bad. I'll try and post a video on the on the website today. Uh, never let mm. politicians do eagles chants or use the scanner. Uh, and these it looked like it went hand in hand.
2: Yeah, that, if you start an eagles chant, know that you're gonna be the only one saying e. That's the honor that you get for starting an eagles chant because people react going hey they're saying hey but they're also going hey so it's e hey g you don't go eat no. Everybody say E with me. Motherfucker, we didn't know when you were saying E. So he wanted them to guy.
0: repeat the E. E, 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 A. a. I'm like, that's it's not a high school cheer. Wow. It was it was badly matched. It wasn't happens. Wolf, it was the guy next to
2: him. Wolfs lead the pack. Nice. Nice. Yeah, thank God Russ told all the fans to be loud last week.
0: Yeah, we will um, we could chalk that win up to, to Russ's plea.
2: I thought so. You know, I wasn't sure. I was like, why? These these guys are a little bit louder than I thought they would be.
0: Man, Lindros, eighty-eight.
2: Was the number retired? Retired?
0: Yeah, yeah. That was the official. Uh, that was that was the big thing last night because they they had brought him back into the fold for the Winter Classic a few years ago, uh, and he sort of you know they they mended mended fences, patched over wounds, whatever whatever the pro- appropriate right. phrase is, uh, and I think it was all working towards retirement. How did he
2: How did he look last night? Uh, How's he looking honest, these days?
0: I went to bed at eight thirty. You talk about sleeping early. Um, the last two days, of, Kyle. the last two days of shirts dying? have uh, shirt packing. Yeah, yeah. Sure. It's it was it was a like abbreviated, condensed sweatshop season for forty-eight hours. Um, uh, so what's better, like, I I honestly didn't see what he was wearing yet. Oh, but it's pretty good. He's got a little boutonniere. I would say, uh, like I can't I can't imagine. We don't spend a lot of time on Lindros, but I don't I can't imagine a better number to retire than Lindros is 88 really like it, it I don't know if in our lifetimes there's been a number that's been more synonymous with a player um you know like we could probably go through those 08 fills and 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 eventually all arrive on the numbers those guys were wearing but none of them stick out like Chase's 26 or Howard's six you know, none of those I mean even Halliday. I mean Halliday's 34 now post haste sticks out a little bit but um you know like I'd have to stop and think about certain guys' numbers. Lindros, you know, yeah, from day one, now we skate with 88, all those things. Uh, if there's ever a number you're going to retire, that's it. Because to me, it should be when someone wears that number, you immediately think of somebody else. So it's to the point where when I see Patrick Kane or I see the number 88 anywhere, I immediately think of Eric Lindros. So, yeah, me too. well done on the Flyers. Well yeah. done. Oh, he
2: looks good. And I'm just looking at some of his stats <laughs> from back then. Holy crap. I mean what a stud. Hercules Russell's incredible. Oh, Every, man.
0: Everybody wants to gloss over. Everybody wants to move on from the fighting crazy NHL of old and yeah, I don't know. and turn I love it into it. this I do too. And watching highlights yesterday, um, of Lindros's time with the Flyers and just seeing not just him, but how many guys were huge on those I uh, on, on those sheets of ice on both sides of the puck. Not the Flyers were obviously always very big. But like it's just such a different game now. And I kinda liked I kinda like that game. Like I the hockey has lost something for me in its in its switch away from hitting. Oh, forget about fighting even, but away from hitting, away from the hard checking. Like it it's it's just it feels more like lacrosse now. Where it's just like it's 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 too offensive heavy, it's too hard to defend. Um, you know, part of the greatness of hockey was the the physicalness and they've the physicality and they've really they've really officiated that out of the game. And um, this, you know the players are small and fast and it's exciting, but yeah. you know, it's exciting in the way a cool lacrosse goal is exciting. Yeah, yeah, there's another goal. You know, there's another goal. It's like I don't know. I don't know. Hey, you know, know what? Lost M- fuck Scott Stevens, motherfucker. Did you see this guy wearing a Scott Stevens jersey last night? Stop it. So I retweeted it.
2: That's that's troll level on a thousand.
0: Dude wears, shows up, um, shows up, he's at the uh, Carvery at the Wells Fargo Center. If you go through my Twitter, you'll see it. And he's wearing an old school, it looks to be authentic, Scott Stevens, like early old school, green patches on the shoulders, devil's jersey. Um, the balls it takes to walk through the Wells Fargo Center with really? that last night is, uh, I don't usually, I don't root for anybody to get hurt, but I do root for people to get beers dumped on them. And uh, I that hope that jersey happened. was ruined with the beer. I really yeah. do,
2: and then uh, you know I love that the that the Sixers beat the uh, Celtics last night, and I mean Embiid is such a, a treasure, like he really is. Like, do say like doing that, so people don't realize. I don't know if everyone. I'm sure people do. I know he, Russ ha- is
0: so mad. We're talking about the Sixers right now. Oh, I know he's sure. listening back to this. He's so mad right now.
2: So Embiid has long talked about his love affair for Rihanna and his crush on Rihanna. So appropriately asked uh, by TNT last night, you know, oh, you're now an all-star. And Rihanna said, come back when you're an all-star. You know, is there anyone that you'd like to say a message to? And his response was, you know what? She said no to me back then. And it's time to move on because why would you want someone that said no to you? and never even said Rihanna by name. And to me, it's it's the fact that people are gonna take this seriously they are, they're, they're calling him a god because, you know, he, he, you're not even mentioning Rihanna and you're turning her down, which is all ridiculous, but it's hilarious. He's just, you know, I, I'm, I'm getting more and more okay with the minutes restriction, because if it lengthens the amount of time that we have with him, it's so great, because he really is perfect in this day and age. He's always so aware. No, well, you know, he doesn't play a lot. Well, he doesn't play back to backs and all that stuff. But one, he's he's so good. (laughs) I just love him so much.
0: He, uh, you know what though? The the thing with Rihanna, uh, obviously, he made it a thing back in back in the day. He has continuously not talked about her in years. Right. Even uh, last year when he was dating someone famous and they were – someone on TV asked him or, or somewhere publicly asked him, hey, who is it? Is it Rihanna? Can you tell us? And, oh, no. Like, he, I don't know if he has even uttered the word Rihanna in a while. Like, this has now become a public thing. Um, and they have taken his so – he said, someone famous, you ask them on a date. This is it. Someone famous, you ask them on a date. They tell you to come back when they're an all-star. Someone asked him about that. I don't even know if he was alluding to Rihanna in that particular one. Like, he was trying to get Rihanna early. But he's alluded to other famous people, and he's kind of downplayed that he was even talking about Rihanna. Um So, one of two things going on here. One, I think he's totally... I think it's a it's a public thing that we're making with... You know, everyone just assumes he's still after Rihanna. Um, her Instagram comments were just all people tagging Joel and Bede last night, which was awesome. Um... The second part of it is, I wouldn't be surprised if he's dating someone, and that's why he's playing so coy about, you know, not going after Rihanna, (laughs) because he might be interested in somebody else, Um, but it's, it has become a public thing, but yeah, he, you're right, he's perfect, he's perfect for this day and age, like, literally the guy, Um, please stay healthy, moment of silence, moment of silence, thank you, that was a question mark, I thought you were gonna... Initiated. As you said I that need you to the sky in New York
2: as I look through the window is taking on a, a little hint of pink and blue it was it was as if he said i hear your silence and i will grant it That's Sorry. actually
0: this is the sun showing through the pollution
2: Ah gorgeous ta- this time of day
0: my, well, let me tell you my thing about going to New York um, yeah, let's hear this, this is really great <laughs> No you know so it, you know, when I, I'm in New York, um, by the end of a day in New York City, I have just the grossest stuff coming out of my nose. Like, is it? Is, do you live every day like that? That
2: is such a ridiculous state. Do you think that people just walk around New York going, "I love," you know what? You know, there's a lot going on here, and the boogers are crazy, and like, I constantly have sinus issues. No, no, that's...
0: no but like, when I bl- if, when I blow my nose here. At home, where I live, at the end of the day, you know, it's just normal nose blowing. If I spend a day in New York, like it comes out black, like it is filtering what? so much crap out of the air in New York. No, I, I'm, I'm honest to God, I'm not like even trying to be funny here. The, the whatever <laughs> comes out of my nose after spending a full day in New York City Are you is sure like not anywhere the, else the in the coal planet. Mine with Russ? Positive. Seriously. So I, w- I,
2: will, I will say this. If you, like, your nose
0: like, is filtering out a lot of shit in New York. A lot. Okay. I don't get Sh- that out here.
2: Well, yeah, but I will also say that when I look at people that wear, like, the flip-flops, like, I'm not a flip-flop guy, and I, when I see people wearing flip-flops in New York during the summer, I just go, look at your the bottom of your fucking feet. <laughs> like, I, like, I just, I'm always amazed at how dirty the bottom of a shoe can get in New York, but... I'm more amazed at like the, the entitled typically white people that walk around wearing like flip flops. And I'm like, guys, do you know how gross this ground is now? Whether or not I'm, I'm breathing, you know, dark judge dread, uh, black air. You are. Uh, I, I don't, I don't think it's to the level that, that Kyle you're saying right now. I don't like you. are You're saying like you wipe off a film.
0: No, no, but uh, if I, whatever, like, no joke, like, the boogers are definitely a lot darker than they are at any other point in my life, if I spent a day in New York.
2: Good to know that, well, do you think most people are booger lookers? I,
0: I would encourage that, I would encourage you, if you're in New York right now listening to this, uh, if you are going to New York anytime soon, blow your nose at the end of the day, and, and look, at, look at your nose- Right now, when you're not in Philly, blow your nose right now. Stop, take a minute, blow your nose. Blow your nose at the end of t- today. And if you don't have a cold or something, take a look at the general hue of it. And then the next time you're in New York at about 5 p.m., if you've spent a day crazy. there, if you're there for work, if you're just there visiting for the day, whatever it is, you have to be there more than a few hours. Got to be like a day out in the city for whatever reason. Blow your nose at the end of that day. Really, really clean it out. And tell me what color it is, and compare it to any other day of your life. It's—I'm not saying you're breathing in like a black film, but there is a. I'm sure this is a case on a lot of cities, but New York—it's just much more condensed. Like, it's—it's going to be a different consistency. That's all I'm saying. And your—that yeah. means your nose is working, by the way. You should be breathing through your nose. Your nose is supposed to filter out stuff. That your nose is like the ultimate air filter. It should be doing that. But just note that. Note that. You mm. know.
2: So what else were you talking about the Eagles before I came on? I know that you were go- you were going on about Case Keenum. What else were you going before that?
0: Um yeah, so my my whole point I did I did a post called Case Keenum floaty balls on Wednesday. I would encourage you to check it out. I compared the balls coming out of his hand to like Mario Two when that bird used to shoot the eggs at you and they would fly it Damn, like you love Mario Two. That's the second time you brought it up this week. That was probably the same reference. Probably. Um Maybe not, but you were you, know, you were saying that he th- you throw
2: the eggs like he has to like put it over his head and that, and, th- and that's
0: it. And, but you remember when you threw the egg it moved at like uh, half speed like everybody yes. else is moving full but the egg just like floated along. That's to me. That's to me the way the ball comes out of Case Keenum's hand. And I watched on Wednesday all of his throws from the Saints game. A significant amount of throws, both highlights and lowlights, which are, which admittedly there weren't many from this season. And, um, you know, like, he's been really good, to your point. He's able to escape pressure. He's he's They've pulled off a bunch of big plays, that offense. I feel really good about the Eagles getting to him. I think that uh, their line is nothing to write home about, uh, the Vikings. I do think the Eagles are going to have a lot of pressure. And he is a guy, he does not like to take sacks, as, as you said. And he's good about evading the pressure. But when his feet aren't set, that ball looks really bad coming out of his hands. And I, I honestly feel like Russ was talking about the Eagles offense. And like I'm not even concerned because I don't think they're going to score a lot of points. If they get one touchdown, I would be thrilled, honestly. I, I truly believe... That this game would come will come down to the Eagles' ability to stop the Vikings and a defensive play uh, to either put the Eagles in in an easy position to punch one in for a touchdown or a defensive score. I really honestly do, um, you know. I, I so yeah. What are your thoughts on that?
2: On the Eagles' defense shutting the Vikings down,
0: uh, or like the overall the, score of the game, the, the game script. Like I'm, I'm honestly really not concerned about the Eagles' offense. I don't think they're going to be that good against the Vikings. I just. Give me, give me seven to ten points out of the offense, and I will do a backflip if they score ten points.
2: I think the Eagles are gonna um, start I can't do fast. A flip, but I, yeah, that would be great. That would be more interesting than anything. Um, I think the Eagles do start off fast. I feel like the Vikings are gonna have a little bit of a slow start after their last game, and then I, I just. I know it's going to be crazy there. No, it's going to be dark. I just, I think that the Vi- the Eagles start a little bit like the Vikings did against the Saints. I think the Eagles might jump out to a seven or ten nothing lead, um, and I I think that they're going to get some some field position advantages. Uh, there might be a turnover early. I just see the Eagles getting up to that good lead, and then I do think it gets evened up uh, around halftime before or after. And then I think, you know, it, it's battling. I just, I think it's like a 16-13 game in which you're kind of battling back and forth and it it's going to come down to the last drive and we're going to hear Joe Buck talking about fucking Case Keenum's 61-yard Minnesota miracle. And I feel like it's going to be, can he get it done? Like, I, I see it at 16-13 and we either lose 20-16 to or we win 16-13. to Or, no, 17-13. Is
0: that, the, is that official?
2: I think that's going to be mine. I think it's going to be 17-13 Eagles. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna say the Eagles win, but uh, you know I could see them losing twenty to seventeen.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, go even Which would be a lo- push. Sorry, uh, sorry you were you were cutting out. I didn't mean to interrupt oh, no, f- you. Um, and I'm gonna go lower. I'm gonna go ten to nine, ten to mm. 10 to 9 Eagles. I th- I think uh, and I think the touchdown the difference is a uh, is either a defensive touchdown or or a mixed Vikings extra point by Kai Forbath, that is, which that would be amazing the because the they game.
2: lost to Seattle the playoff. <laughs> I know. Excuse me, ten to nine, because of uh, what's his face, Blair Walsh. Did you get divorced
0: or otherwise separated last night?
2: No, she's oh. still here. Thankfully. Okay. Um, I need to go uh, just, you know, blow out some black New York
0: airs. <laughs> no, it's the morning. You're fine now. Talk to me at about 5 o'clock. Um, so uh, the line on the Patriots-Jaguars game has come from, started at 9. Uh, in some places, I guess, it, it got as high as 9.5 very, very briefly. Uh, but let's call it 9. It's down to seven and a half at most books right now. One spot has it at seven that I could see. Yeah, I think um, a lot of
2: it's because of this Tom Brady hand story. Mm, okay, yeah, that's a good point. Because once that came out, the number started to fluctuate.
0: But uh,
2: I got it at nine, which sucks.
0: For who do you have at nine?
2: Uh, Patriots. Ooh, really? Yeah. Hey, all yeah. right, t-
0: talk me through this because I'm 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 all in on the Jags right now. <coughs>
2: Damn it. I was what color? mute. What oh, color wait. is
0: it? Let me mute, cough, right. and then I'll tell you. I will talk for a sec. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just feel like the, the Jaguars, uh, D, is not getting enough respect. I know part of the public vote has to do with – or part of the line has to do with public sentiment, and the Jaguars are never going to be a popular pick, especially against a team like the Patriots, because um, no matter how good they are, they're always going to be the Jaguars. But – I don't know, man. This is one of the best defenses I think the NFL has seen in, in several oh, yeah. years. Maybe since the Broncos a few years ago in the Super Bowl. Like, I, I Would you agree that they could be that good defensively?
2: Yeah. Oh, so I go check out, I tweeted out a chart in which I charted the major statistics for the three defenses that are playing non-Patriots, Vikings, Shags, Eagles, and compare them to, I would argue, like the eight best defenses of the last, since 2000, so... 2000 Ravens, 2002 Bucks, 2005 uh, uh, Bears, 2008 Steelers, uh, 2013 uh, Seahawks, and 2015 Broncos. And the Jaguars have the most sacks of all of those teams, 55. Um, And they're, I mean, all their numbers are eye-popping. But all, all the defenses are really good. The Jaguars are one of the few teams that I think are so athletic that they really could give the Patriots problems. So I think Gronk is like LeBron. And I think in terms of LeBron, you you don't stop LeBron with one guy. You kind of throw four, six, eight guys at him, which is why the Warriors are so good at defending him because they have Iguodala and Clay Thompson and, and all these guys that can guard him. And I look at the the Jags and I go, oh, shit. Ramsey can guard Gronk. Miles Jack can guard Gronk. One of their safeties could get some time on Gronk. So I think they actually have the guys to match up. I think that the Patriots in Super Bowl Forty Nine showed the blueprint on how to beat the Seattle scheme, which is what the Jaguars loosely run. And the way they did it was, you know, 11 catches to Shane Vereen. Nine catches to Julian Edelman, like dink and dunk, but go underneath and slowly beat you up the field. And that's why that game was great because it was like clutch third downs and underneath throws. And um, look, and then they played Atlanta again, Dan Quinn, Seattle scheme. And they last year, James White had 14 catches. So if you're in a uh, daily fantasy league, Make sure that you have Dion Lewis because he's going to catch like nine fucking balls on Sunday, um, and that's kind of how I see they're going to attack. So they're going to go underneath, which means that Jacksonville's going to get some opportunities to punch the ball out. They're going to get some opportunities to beat the shit out of some Patriots receivers, which I think is always fun to watch. Um, Tom Brady has to get the ball out of his hands quick because the Jaguars can do the one thing that teams that that want to beat the Patriots need to do, which is get pressure with your front four and then drop everybody else back. Don't bring a blitz. Don't don't leave yourself weak in any area. Use your front four guys, beat the crap out of them and then drop back. So uh, I definitely think the Jaguars can do it. I think that they could put a lot of pressure all year. Uh, Joe, Joe Tooney, their left guard, has been somewhat of a liability uh, at times. He's good other times, but sometimes he really gets his ass kicked. And if he's facing Marcel Darius or Malik Jackson or Avery Jones inside, and it's constant, it, they could be running layup lines on that dude. So I... I I just truly believe that the Patriots will eventually crack this defense. Um I think that the Jag- I think that this might be the the Jalen Ramsey humility game where he gets caught like in a bad double move for the first time. And defensively for the Patriots, I just think they're gonna load up the box and I know that the Patriots really have 14 guys in their front seven that they rotate. And that's one of the things that Belichick does every year. He just collects linebackers. You know, they have Kyle Van Noy and James Harrison starting. I mean, these are guys that he picked off the scrap heap of Detroit and Pittsburgh, but they're really good players. And so I just, I don't think there's any way that they can do what they did to the Steelers against the Patriots. People forget that they remember the 39 points that the Steelers scored against the Ravens, and they forget that the Ravens scored 38 points against them in that same game. The Steelers' defense was not good when Ryan Chazier got hurt. So I I just don't think there's any chance, Kyle, that Blake plays another clean game with no interceptions and makes all the right checkdowns and all that stuff. I just think Bill is going to take all of that shit away and go, no, throw it deep. That one throw that you made to Keelan Cole, make that eight times. And I just think that the, the Patriots match up so well because they have three corner, three secondary guys that match up and go, oh, no, we could put eight in the box. You know, Stephon Gilmore, Malcolm Butler, and Devin McCordy. Are ballers like real ballers, and I think they instantly take away all of that stuff. Um, and I, I just think that Bortles is gonna he's gonna throw two picks, might have a fumble, and that's why I would go with the Patriots because even if the Jaguars hold them to ten points, you know, can can the Jags score when they need to? That's what we're gonna find out.
0: So interesting. So yeah, you're putting this on the Patriots defense a little bit. Um, yeah. You know, I go back to what you said earlier there, though. You said I took this, and I took to three of the four defenses, not including the Patriots, and I put them on a right. chart with these other teams. Notice that you left the Patriots out. And uh, Listen what I-
2: to my analysis, not my pick. If no, no, this embolden, No, embold- no, no. no what I'm saying, if this emboldens you to pick the Jaguars more, do it. Because I don't always make the right pick acknowledging that, like, you know, I just don't like to not bet on a team in the Patriots that have covered – 10 of their last 11 games, which is fucking insane.
0: No, I I just think, no, My the point I was going to make was, I think your analysis is obviously terrific, um, but I just think it's interesting that the Patriots are such, remain such heavy favorites to win the Super Bowl um, in a sport where, especially of late, uh, well, maybe not. I I guess, you know, last year you had two pretty high-octane offenses, but the team without the, the notable defense is the one that is by far and away the favorite to win the Super Bowl right now. And when you you have the league's three best defenses and the Patriots, and I, I don't know. Like I'm at this point, I, my money, if, if I have a choice to bet Patriots or the field, um, whatever those odds are, um, I'm guessing they would be in favor of the field if I had all three teams, but I would take the field no, regardless of what odds I had there. Patriots against the field, give me the field. Um, I really do think – I, I just think it's of, so interesting because no one's – the Patriots defense is just meh. You know, it's fine. It's, it's you know, it's, it started out bad. They started to put their shit together as the season went on, but – I just think it's crazy that you have the three best yeah. defenses in the league and the other t- and the other team is the one wow. that's favored the win.
2: I will say this, though. The Patriots' defense is not great in terms of yards. And the main reason is because of some of those early games. Kansas mm-hmm. City, the season opener. Carolina, they let up a lot of points. Houston, they allowed a lot of yards. They had an early stint. But if you look at points per game, they're actually – Point 0.1 behind the Eagles. Eagles allow 18.4. They the Patriots only allow 18.5. When it comes to rushing yards, they allow less rushing yards per game than the Jacksonville Jaguars. When you look at sacks, they have more sacks than the Eagles or the Vikings. Um, their issue is just they allow about 20 more y- uh, passing yards per game than the Eagles. So in terms of points, they're fifth in the NFL, and That's what the the Patriots' defense has really done. That's why if you really factor in the Patriots' defense and you you go, wow, they allowed the 40-something to Kansas City and the the 30-something to Houston and to Carolina, and then you realize that they're still number five, that just shows you how much better they've been in the second half of the season. I mean, other than the Dolphins game, no one was able to do anything against the Patriots. So it's it makes me kind of go oh like does it really matter how the Vikings were the first five games the Eagles were the first five games because the Patriots have been just that good in the second half of the season.
0: Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, You know, I was going to counter by saying you could throw out you know throw out the Giants game from throw out both Giants games from the Eagles and see what it looks like. But yeah, the I certainly weight this back half of the season more heavily than the first half. And I I'm not arguing. I just was pointing out the fact that I think it was interesting that even you knowing that, you know, yeah. so well, I'm going to put these three defenses together cuz to me they're the special ones. Um I mean, but do yeah. you really expect
2: know. Blake Bortles to go in there and play a good game? I, I, don't,
0: I don't I don't I don't I'm not a Blake Bortles fan by any stretch, but I don't think it matters. Like I honestly think it might come down to the All way the Eagles the, well, yeah, but like if if they could keep the score low enough, you don't need, you know, we've seen this script of bad quarterbacks winning Super Bowls and stuff. You don't need to play well uh, to win if your defense is good enough. You ju- you just need to not totally fuck up, really. Yeah, but like that's it, the, 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 the one offense, game manager thing.
2: Yeah, but the one offense this this weekend that I don't feel confident in keeping low is the Patriots. It's yeah, just uh, yeah. it's just so efficient. It's so effective. Brady is so good at finding the holes in defenses. It's, uh, I don't know. I I just think the Patriots are definitely going to score 20 points. And I don't know if the Jags get more than 10.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, we're going to see a great defense against a great offense. I don't think anyone, uh, you know, that's that's what these games should be. be. Strength versus strength. Yep, yep, totally agree. I don't know. So, I've never please. rooted against somebody's as hard as I'm going to be rooting against the Patriots. Seriously. I'm so oh, fucking tired. So fucking tired of everything. Make it, yeah. No, no, no. No, it has less to do with that. I mean, it. you know, because the Eagles game won't have played yet. And I tweeted the other day, um, and people took this the wrong way. Like, I'm overlooking the Jags. I'm not. I'm, I'm picking them to go to the Super Bowl. But imagine no one wants to play the Patriots. Imagine that scoreboard at the link right before the Eagles – come out of the tunnel flashing the final score the announcement this score from new england jaguars 20 new england 17 imagine how lit that stadium will be knowing that you have a chance to go play you know regardless of how good they are the jaguars to win the super bowl and not the patriots that stadium will be like that phillies mets game or i'm sorry phillies nationals game in 2007 when everyone saw the score was seven nothing uh Marlins over the Mets or whatever it was at that time. Like you're going to have such an infusion of energy. God it's god it's going to be so lit if that happens. That Seriously. would be
2: great. So what is your what's your score prediction for Jacksonville-New England?
0: Ooh. Uh, I'm going
2: to go 27-10
0: Pats. I'm going to go 24-14 Jaguars. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And then what
2: do you do in Eagles Vikings?
0: 10 to 9, Eagles. Oh, yeah, you said that. 10 to 9, Eagles. Yeah. Yeah. Hard to get a line read on the Eagles. Everything's been pretty
2: 50-50. Of of all the matchups, that's the one that would make my Super Bowl week the most ridiculous. And it would be amazing.
0: Eagles, Uh, Patriots?
2: Eagles, Jaguars.
0: Okay, explain. Obviously the Eagles.
2: Well, so I'm going to be on Radio Row all week. The, and, the second
0: week leading up to the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And if, one, if the Eagles are in it, I'm going to go total fucking Homer the whole week doing pot interviews. Like, just interviewing people and just being egregious. Uh, and then also, Sims will then have to answer all of the Blake Bortles stuff um and so all radio row week it's going to be all these radio stations and he's going to become like a sideshow like it's like hey coming because he's going to be on he's on part of my take today Mm -hmm. um talking about Blake Bortles and if it's an Eagles Jaguar Super Bowl like just oh my god it's going to be insane and then I know my dad's going to come up and we're definitely going to the game and because then I'm going holy fuck the Eagles have a chance like, Eagles-Patriots, I'm just going to be honest. I'm, it's going to be like the how much do I really want to invest into this Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it really – like, Eagles-Patriots kind of is – God, it's like getting into a fight with someone that you really don't want to fight. And I – I, yeah, it's scary.
0: I feel like it would tamp – as much as, obviously, if during in the Super Bowl, excitement will be in an all-time high. But there's going to be that nagging – Oh God! They're massive. On un- you know they're gonna be what eight plus point underdogs, easy. If they were to play the oh, Patriots, yes. I know it was. Yes. Si- I su- actually I saw six and a half. I saw six and a half because I'm thinking why that's would they like not that. be more than the Jaguars? I'm forgetting the Jaguars game is in New England, so that that's accounting right. for us. So call it six and a half to seven. Which, to me, I actually feel pretty good about that. They did would, put these this line out earlier. They couldn't. They, it moved off of seven, which to me is a good sign. I'd have to look
2: at how Jim Schwartz has done against that offense, but
0: but I feel like it would have this nagging nagging doubt in the back of our heads you know like in 2004 the patriots were favored but we had the eagles we had a better shot against that patriots team with that eagles team than than obviously now without wins and so we were able to get excited knowing that we were still slight underdogs i feel like going into this patriots it would just be that thing in the back of our heads like it would be so full-on underdog improbable victory thing, whereas if you're playing the Jaguars, excitement is at just all fucking time high, like all fucking time high, um, because it's right there, it's Philly's Rays, it's yours, even if they're slight underdogs, it is a winnable game, it's yours for the taking, the Eagles can legitimately win the Super Bowl, this isn't a long shot, this could happen. Um, you know, so I feel like that would, if nothing else, make the two weeks leading up to the game that much more in- insane because it would be it would be right there, it'd be right there at your fingertips. Man, that would just be ridiculous.
2: I think the I think the NFL is rooting for Patriots Vikings. I think they kind of want a home field advantage. I think it would add a lot to the national scope of the Super Bowl, uh, and I also think it would be a Sims Sims swears it's going to be an awful. Uh, matchup because he thinks that the Patriots would just wear down the very tired Vikings D line, um, and but Eagles Jaguars I think would be the worst matchup for the league because yeah. Foles Bortles is really tough. Uh, <sighs> Eagles Patriots or Jags Minnesota I think would be I think Jags Minnesota would actually be very entertaining. Like I think they match up really well. Uh, the Jaguars might be your Super Bowl champion
0: if that happens. But let me ask you this from a from a league the Jags standpoint. Eagles
2: might be the least, enter- least entertaining one.
0: Well, entertaining or or interest? I think we got to separate those two. Yeah. So let me yeah let me ask you this. Philly's a much bigger market than than. Minneapolis, obviously. Yeah. Um. And typically, but but with the but game being hosted. in Minnesota, right? Yeah. So like, if you're the league and you just had to choose, obviously you're going to choose the Patriots over the Jaguars. So that's a given. Um. But if you had to choose Eagles Minnesota, it, what 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 is worth more to them? Is it Minnesota playing at home and the the cool factor of that? I, or is it the Eagles? I tend to think it might be Minnesota in this case, but I I don't know. I mean Philly. Billy's a bigger market and not I think, that it, an,
2: uh, I think from an entertainment standpoint, like if,
0: if the Eagles
2: were playing in Minnesota
0: this let's talk weekend. Ra- ratings. Let's go ratings. Let's right, use that right, as Right, our...
2: but what I'm saying is if the Eagles were playing in Minnesota this weekend, they'd be nine point underdogs. Realize that. Mm-hmm. That's what the three point line for them being here because the Minnesota well, Vikings No, they'd be is- six.
0: No, uh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're you saying. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I Yeah, it. because
2: they're a three-point... Yeah, because three yeah, it, right. be, it would be... neutral field is six. Neutral yep. field, they're favored yeah.
0: by six. Yep. Home they're favored by nine. Yep.
2: Because the Vikings at home have shown that they could put up a lot of points. I don't know if I'm getting points no matter where I play with Philadelphia. It's just, you know, they've been playing outdoors for the last two two months that we don't have any idea. But Case Keenum, and, and they've shown the ability to put up points indoors. Um, I look at... The I think it's a more entertaining game if the Vikings are playing. I think the home field advantage is something that adds like a new wrinkle and an element to it, especially if you're playing the Patriots. I just think it kind of adds this whole like holy crap, it might be 70% Vikings fans in there, um, which I think adds a little wrinkle to it. And you get the fact that they were the Cinderella or the the you know the miracle game uh, earlier, and that's become like a national thing. Uh, and, and you can build off of that storyline, you know, the Miracle Team against the Patriots. Whereas I don't know what you're selling if you're selling the Eagles to a national audience. You know, you're selling, they don't, the, the national audience doesn't care about Jason Peters or Jordan or Jordan Hicks. They don't, you know, and, and th- Jason they're going to- yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, they don't, they're not going to care about all the injuries. Oh, yeah. They just oh, aren't. Yeah. I guess. Like, the Carson Wentz thing is a little bit sellable, but they're going to be like, oh, you're going to sell me the injured quarterback? There's just, the Eagles don't have, it's the underdog masks. But other than that, there's not a lot of great national storylines for the Eagles. You're right. It, you're right. And and for the Vikings, there's a, there's a few that can really work.
0: Yeah, no, I I think I'm with you there. I I think in the Super Bowl thing, the market isn't quite as important because people watch this. You know, people more or less watch the Super Bowl anyway. That's um, my thing. And when and I hear
2: these national radio hosts, Kyle going, "Listen, I'm in the business, and I don't even know if I'm watching Eagles Vikings." If someone on fucking radio or TV says that, there should be a mandate where their TV is confiscated and they're actually not allowed to watch the game. Like, get the fuck out of here. You know you're watching the game. You know that it's going to be entertaining. You know that you're going to be enjoying it. I think that anyone goes, I might not watch the game, they should have their TV ripped out of the wall. That's my take. Uh, I heard Stu Gatz doing that on Levitar, and I was like... You know what, Stu Gatz, like, that's Stu Gatz, but that should be a punishment is taking the television away.
0: Another media thing, and and maybe last thing here. Um, I'm just reading this as you're saying this. Uh, This is from Martin Frank. Eagles Nelson Aguilar. What dipshit asked Nelson Aguilar about Trump's comments about shithole nations? <laughs> Eagles Nelson Aguilar comes from one of the countries that Trump describes a shithole. He was asked about that, his increasing role in his season. Read read story here. Like I can I tell you and we may have had this conversation. There is almost nothing I hate more from dipshit sports reporters who ask people um, about, like, whatever news topic of the day, like Sam Carcidi asking Pierre Edouard Bellamar about the fucking Paris terrorist attack last year because he's from France. Like, you just want to crowbar yourself into this narrative so bad that you find one person out of 50 guys in the locker room who it might apply to and you latch onto it like a goddamn pilot fish. I hate this so much. I hate this. I hate it. And I yeah. feel like you do too.
2: I think the only, the only reason that I don't like to get angry at the reporter is uh, one of the shittiest things about being a reporter when something, a sports reporter, when something big happens in the news is the newsroom goes, are there any players from this country that you could ask? And so sometimes it's like a newsroom mandate to go in and be like, Hey, we'd like some, some content about this. We think it's big. We think it'll click. We think, or whatever
0: that. So, so I don't always put on the reporter because That's what, if I will take it off the reporter, I hate the notion of asking yes. the question. I used
2: to, I used to battle back towards the end of my time in Louisville. And I would say, if you want to ask about that, send a news reporter because I have built like with Patino they would be like hey can you ask patino about this recent allegation against him blah blah blah, and i would go no
0: was it like, seven
2: seconds or ten rick like i would i would say listen send in a news reporter because i'll never get a fucking answer to a question again if i answer ask this question eagles vikings 640 it's gonna be the trip to the super bowl on the line and everybody is feeling fine get your dog masks uh, everyone on this podcast is picking the Eagles because at this point of the season, just pick the Eagles. You have to. Kyle's going 10-9. Russ is going 20-17. I'm going, I don't remember, Uh,
0: 17-13. I think, no, yeah, 17-13. Uh, guys, What's your game-watching spot, by the way? I'll Where be at work. So you will be? Yeah, but you'll afterwards. get to really watch now. You'll get to watch because there's no other games on.
2: Yeah, now my issue is I have, like, everyone that'll probably be in the office. Like, people are going to come in the office that shouldn't be there, and they're going to want to talk to Sims, and I'm going to be like, get the fuck out of the room. Uh, we might we might actually, like, lock ourselves in a room uh, because people people tend to talk a lot during games, and we get very angry. Yeah, that's Because everybody wants to give their opinion, and it's like, listen, like, I know you're super excited to be here, and I know that, like, so we just... We just want to be isolated, to be honest. Um,
0: Do you have any Eagles fun. fans with you? Will Maurice grace the presence?
2: Uh, I'm the only one that's usually there on Sundays. I don't expect anyone else to be to coming in. Again.
0: You Can you have I mean? that Cowboys fan who was in that video? Please watch the game with you. Uh, you want free actually, content? I feel he, like you have to make him sit in the room with you and make fun of him the entire game.
2: His, uh, you know what? He's the tech guy. He's the IT guy. Even better. Uh,
0: So I don't want to bag on the I.T. guy. (laughs) I I, I ask for a lot of shit.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm like, hey, can I get a microphone to do a podcast at home? Sure. You can borrow this one. Okay, cool. Bye.
0: (laughs) So, if the, I need him on my side. If they win, you should say, I got this uh, I got this wallpaper frozen on my screen, and it's That's the Eagles holding up the tro- trophy. Can you help I me? I might actually do that. I yeah.
2: will do that. If the Eagles win, I will do that. You it? Yeah. Uh, guys, hit up Kyle on Twitter, at Crossing Broad. Uh, Russ is at Joy on Broad. I am at Adam Lefkoe. Uh Wherever you are watching the game on Sunday, I hope that it is enjoyable. I hope you're with people that you care about. I hope that it goes like we all hope it goes, EA. G-L-E-S, Eagles. See you guys.